0: I'm super excited to be here in the house of worship with you guys this morning and thank God for all those who are listening via live stream. We thank you for joining in with us this morning. This is a good day that the Lord has made, and I made a covenant with him. I woke up this morning that I will rejoice and be glad in it. So thank God for you being here today. We're going to keep on moving with our series, God's Plan for His Church. God's Plan for His Church. Can you repeat that with me? Say, God's plan for his church. Now again, I've been the last few settings I've been reminding you of some points of emphasis that I do not want you to lose track of. That's why I'm keep doing it. And I actually put them on the sermon notes for you. It's on the app and you got a hard copy if you need it. Because I want you to keep this in your mind as we go to God's plan for his church. The first point of emphasis that we that we talk about uh, is number one, racial diversity of churches is never to be the end goal. Biblical racial justice, reconciliation, and authentic unity are the end goals. Okay? Got that? The second one is this. Pursuit of multi church, pursuit of a multi-ethnic church, and likewise a multi-ethnic Christian life must be firmly rooted in God's word. Racism is ultimately a spiritual problem. Everybody say spiritual problem and the third point I want you to keep in mind as we go through this study is as history proves time and again no earthly attempt relying on human effort can truly change the heart only God can do this and will do this when we allow the spirit to speak to us through the scripture y'all got that when, when l- listen to that last point. Only God can do this, and will do this when we allow the Spirit to speak to us through the Scripture. Everybody say through the Word of God. I will, I. I. I, I want to caution you because what the enemy will try to do in all of his shenanigans and all of his strategy, the enemy will try to get you as a believer to take your eyes off of the Word of God. And to try to address these issues solely from a societal or sociological standpoint and not a theological and a gospel central uh, standpoint. Because he knows if he does that, he can get you into being divided by your political party. Because one party says do it this way, one party says do it th- that way. And see, this party thinks they're right, and this party thinks they're right. What I, what I would tell you is is our goal and our responsibility as a Christian is to let the scripture speak to us. And so whether, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, independent, member of the Green Party, member of the fuckadelic Party, I don't care who you are. Anybody remember the Parliament of breakfast? Records? I had to take some of your share. I know you remember that. We want... The, okay. <laughs> God wants us to stay focused on him and his word, and his word has a way of getting us what we need to be. So go to Acts, the 15th chapter. And as you're turning there, I want to read something to you. In their book, Divided by Faith, sociologists Michael Emerson and Christian Smith share their findings that local churches in America are actually perpetuating systemic inequ- inequities in society. Their research not only confirmed that most evangelicals attend racially segregated churches, but also that they spend 70 to 80% of their time relationally with others who attend the same local church as they do. Have you ever noticed something that, that sometimes if 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 the Lord leads you to move from your environment or your church circle that you're in, and God does do this, he'll move you from point, point A to point B, take your gifting from here and place it over here so that he, he if he wants to use you at that season of your life over here, then that's what he's doing. When when people legitimately move because the Holy Spirit told them to move. I'm not talking about y'all that move churches because you're mad. I'm talking about people who move because the Holy Spirit press in their spirit that I'm going to set you over here. Brother Al told us that, that there has to be some leaving. Right. All right. And so 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 when, when the Holy Spirit moves you from one place to the other, to put, to put you in a place where God can, can totally utilize you, have you noticed that sometimes the people at the church that you left will seem, seemingly not want to talk to you anymore? Have you noticed that? It's, if, if you left the family church, the church that you grew up in, and 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 what mom them said that your, your your grandpapa buried out there at the, at the church cemetery, and your great grandpapa and, and grandmama, and you mean to tell me you're gonna leave this church and go down there and follow that doll Adams fella? Well, I pray I pray to God that you're not following me because I'm not following me. I'm following Jesus, all right. But you notice that sometimes the people will stop associating with you, and part of that is is because look look at what that survey said. It says 70 they spend 70 to 80. of the time, relationally, I'm talking about outside the four walls of the church, relationally with others who attend the same local church as they do. The conclusion is this. Evangelical Christians today are not only racially segregated from one another, they are relationally segregated from one another as well. So, So, but Pastor, why do you even bring that into your sermon before you get into the scripture text? I want you to understand something. And here's why, We got to deal with this thing spiritually and the church has to get it right before the world gets it right. Everybody say the church has to get it right before the world gets it right. Amen. And you got to keep that in mind because there are some of you all who think that, okay, we're going to get this done just by sitting around and have some conversation. and We're going to kumbaya and we're going to pray together. Yeah, that's good. But you got to have a doctrinal, biblical theological soundness to what you're doing. And because you can go out there and do, and I'm not saying some of these things are not good. I did not say that some of these things are not good that we do from a societal standpoint, but those things won't solve the problem. Isn't it evident that it hasn't solved the problem? Isn't it evident that, that, that a civil rights law won't take racial prejudice out of a person's heart? We've had it on the books since, well, I believe if my history is correct, 1965 or 64, which one is it? Come on, come on, historians. 64, all right? So, in 64, that law has been on the book, but there's still people who, who look at people differently based off of their ethnicity. Yeah. So, the law can't change a man's heart. So, we got we to gotta address it from a biblical standpoint. Are y'all with me? So, so, how does the racial and relational segregation of Christians in America perpetuate systemic inequities inside? Well, number one, apart from ethnically and economically diverse relationships, we cannot grow in our understanding of others' Different than ourselves, y'all got that? It says apart from the ethnically and economically diverse relationships, we cannot grow in our understanding of others different from ourselves. So, if you're only around people like you, guess what? You're gonna only be able to, you're, you're gonna only associate with people and think like people who are around you. Is that correct? If you never engage in authentic relationship. Uh, uh, connectivity that's, that's deeper than just saying hi and how you doing. How many of y'all know in the south we have this common habit of saying how are you doing when you speak to people right and the reality is you really most people now most people don't really care how you really doing because I guarantee if you start telling them how you really doing and you had a bad day and you begin to pour out your heart to them they'll be saying dog I ain't asked for all that and they start to ease away from you. So you really don't really, most of y'all don't really know, want to know how somebody's really doing. You just, it's just common courtesy. It's just, hey, how you doing? And if you go up to New York and try some of that, they'll just look at you and keep moving. But down south, it's a, it's a common courtesy. So, 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 so some of those relationships are not really authentic. We cannot develop trust with others different from ourselves, Okay. Uh, the next thing he says, apart from understanding, trust, and love, we are less likely to engage with others, different from ourselves, or, everybody say or, or to address the systemic inequities and racial realities that so often experienced by minority groups throughout America. Again, guys, what I would tell you is, is that uh, if you don't have relationship with people, and you don't, and those relationships don't go deeper than just seeing you on Sunday morning also, then what bothers you may not necessarily bother me. What's affecting you may not necessarily affect me. But if I am in a relationship with you, if I eat, eat dinner over your house, if we go to the movies together, if we hang out together and talk about deeper things other than just how you're doing and really mean it, if we connect on a deeper level, then if something is bothering you, then I'm going to want to address it too. Because it's, because we're in connectivity together, we are doing life together, that it's going to have impact on me also. Listen to this, this next point here. And without such involvement, hear me, hear me guys, and without such involvement, that deeper level, doing life together, involvement, nothing changes. Nothing changes on a deeper spiritual level. Obviously, obviously things have changed in this country. If you think nothing has changed, then you're not, you're not, you're not, you don't have a big enough perspective. You have to widen your, your outlook and go back and say that things are not the same as they were in 1929. It, things are better than what they were in 1965. Things are better than what they were in 1985. But my point is this it's not where God would desire it to be in his church. Because if his church gets it right and we start doing life together like Christ told us to do and we become one, then we will show the world how Christ is legit and that we are born again believers and disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the church got to get it right. All right, all right, all right. Now, there's no clearer a more credible witness of God's love for all people than the witness of diverse believers walking, working, and worshiping God together as one in and through the local church. In and through the local church. Just by way of reference and review, we could go John 17, let's go there right quick since we popping up I know I told you to go to Acts 15, but we're gonna we're gonna kick off here. Because Jesus said this as he was preparing to leave this earth. And guys, wouldn't don't you think that if somebody's getting ready to leave here, if you knew you had one month to live, if you knew that you had one month to live, what things would you be saying to those who you love? If God tapped you on the shoulder and said, hey, hey you got one month, some of y'all, were, oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> now listen, I want to go to heaven. How many of y'all want to go to heaven? But maybe not right now, huh? There's still more work to do, right? I, I sense it, but, but you know, if the, if the Lord told me that, guys, guess what? I would embrace it because I know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And if I really believe this stuff, if the word of God is true, if, 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 I, if to be absent from this body means to be I'm present with the Lord, if it means I'm in the presence of Jesus and that's where I want to be and, and to That's what we say we want to be, all right? I know that's where I want to be. Then if God told me I had one month to live, yes, I'm going to be sad because I'm going to miss all of y'all, but guess what? I'm going on to glory. Are y'all with me? But before I went, I would have some, some meaningful conversations with this church body. I would have meaningful conversations with my wife and my three children and those who I'm in relationship with and, and because I'm not going to just talk about a bunch of foolishness. Why am I going to argue with you when I'm getting ready to leave in a month? Hello? Watch this, guys. So Jesus here says this, and we, we went over this, but I, I got to get it in your spirit because I think the church has missed this. Jesus said something very significant. He says, now I'm coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world. So they would be what? That they'll be what? Filled with my joy. Next verse says what? Let's read. I've given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world. Just as I do not belong to the world. Text says this in the next verse. Let's read. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. This is Jesus praying for his disciples who he was communing with at that time. And every disciple we're going to see that becomes a disciple from this time forward. Let's keep reading. Let's go. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. How many of y'all know this world is not your home? Uh, I, I need y'all to hear me. This world is not your home. Amen. This world is not your home, Brenda Vincent. You just tabernacle down here for a little while. Can I get a witness? This world is not your home. So so if the world is not my home and I'm God left me here after he saved me to be a representative of him on the earth realm, then I need to have my mind focused on things above and not so much just on things on earth. Amen. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Let's keep reading, guys. It says what? Make them holy by your t- truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Next verse says what? Let's read. Uh, just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. Come on, let's go, guys. We've got to move says, and I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. How are we going to be made holy? How? By his truth. What is his truth? <laughs> he says, and I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. Keep reading. Verse, next verse says, what? I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all, for all, for all that includes you and I. I'm praying for all who will ever believe in me through their message right next verse says what watch this I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one as you are in me father and I am in you and may they be in us so that the world will believe I need us to read that last sentence I want us to I want us to articulate it uh, uh, perfectly out loud and on purpose okay this is the participatory sermon and you've been called to participate today okay You're called out to not just sit there. If you have a voice, the Bible said, let the redeemer of the Lord do what? Say Say so. So you redeem people. Let's read this together. This last sentence of this verse says what? And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Jesus says the world believing that God the Father sent God the Son into the world to die on, on Calvary's hill to die on God God's hills, to be crucified on the cross and buried and resurrected. The way that they're going to believe that that He was sent to do that is by us being in unity. Look at the next verse, twenty two and twenty three. Then we'll stop. I've given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. This unity thing is very deep in the Scripture, God. And Jesus is getting ready to leave here, and He's talking about unity of the disciples, the believers. Next verse says what? Let's read. I am in them and you are in me. May they that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Guys, let's read it one more time. Uh, listen, I want this to sink in because what, what has happened is In Christianity, we've forgotten about this message here. And as a result of our division, because division comes from Satan, that's the only Matthew knows is division. I told you that before, right? He says, I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity, such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Let that sink in. Because our unity is a testimony to the world that God loves, that God sent his son and that God loves the world. John 3, 16, we quote it all the time. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him will not perish, but will have what? Everlasting life. Now watch this, guys. So so unity is a part of this. Now let's, let's get, let's again, now think about this for a second. Jesus died and we know he, when he died, his death, burial, and resurrection accomplished something. We've been talking about the mystery of the church, and we're not going to go and repeat that. Y'all don't know what the mystery of the church is. Somebody asks you, what is the mystery of the church that was hidden in the Old Testament? It's this fact that through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, he's going he to create a new ethnicity that did not exist before. He's creating a new ethnicity it's no longer just Jew and Gentile. It's now the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that includes Jew and Gentile together in one body. Right. That was a mystery. That was not understood because I told the Bible says in Corinthians that that had the devil understood by crucifying Christ that you and I would get saved through his death, burial, and resurrection. He never would have done it. Right. But the manifold wisdom of God was on display. God's, God's wisdom that far exceeds anything Satan can trump up was on display through Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. So Jesus tells us unity is a, testi- is a testimony to the fact that, that, that God loves the world and that the fact that God sent Jesus. So, so is it any wonder that as the church began to grow, is it any wonder that as we saw Jew and Gentile coming together in this one body, division started to happen? So go to Acts the 15 chapter. How many of y'all know that when you start doing God's will, the devil will try to bring disruption? When you start, now listen, as long as you come into church and ain't doing none of this stuff, he's not really bothered about you. Come on now, some of y'all been in church a long time and, and you hear me preach week after week and you ain't doing none of this stuff. Come on. I told you, we, we doggone it. <laughs> we did a whole, what, nine, ten week series on, 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 on how, how to have emotionally healthy relationships. Whole series. Small groups talked about it, laid it out, planned, and then when, when, when you have discord or, or conf- conflict with your brothers and sisters, uh, you step out and you go back to what you did when you were growing up. You know your family didn't know how to deal with conflict. How y'all deal with? Y'all just cuss somebody out. You just fight. You would, you would do all kinds of stuff, just walk away and just not have anything to do with anybody. And we just taught you how to have emotionally healthy relationships. But if you're not gonna do this stuff, then do you the good. James says, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. And when you hear the word but don't do the word, James says you are deceiving your own self. You're coming to church thinking you're growing in your vertical relationship with God, but you're really not growing in your vertical relationship with God uh, because you don't know how to deal with your horizontal relationship with people. All right. All right. And you think you can still be okay with God and not okay with people. Now, everybody's not going to agree with you. But that's not what I'm talking about. Because as a born-again believer, you know that, that when you live for Christ— The devil gets busy and even your family members and others get busy and and, and they're trying to disrupt your flow. But but what I'm saying is this. You ought to do what the Bible says as much as life in you. Live what? Peaceably with all men. So don't think you're okay with God and your horizontal on relationship with people is all out of whack. You can't can't nobody get along with you. Nobody. Every job you go through, they ain't right. The people that don't, they hating on me because they see my giftings. No, they hating on you because you ain't doing your job. That's why every place you go, you don't stay there long. And when I talk to you, well, you know, they just, you know, they, they, they were laying off, they, they laid off one person. <laughs> every place you go to, you're the one person that they lay off. Look at this, they say, neighbor. Check yourself. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that 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 that, that where, wherever you go, conflict follows. Wherever you go, disruption is the order of the day. Wherever you go, mess gets started. And you just as non-self-aware, you thinking as everybody else. Yeah, people are crazy out after this world. Guys, we got to become what? Doers of the word and not hear on. So what, what, am I, what am I saying? Whenever we learn and whenever we teach you from the Holy Scriptures, we have a moral and a spiritual obligation to do what we've been taught, to follow the word of God. Not follow your upbringing, not follow what your culture says, but follow what the word of God says. Because out of the two, God made one. Out of Jew and Gentile, he created a new ethnicity, Eth- ethnicity that's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and we're in that new ethnicity I'm not saying and as I told you uh, our different ethnicities and our backgrounds uh, we can celebrate those but don't put them over your faith in Christ anytime your ethnicity rises above your Christianity you've made your ethnicity a God and that's what the Jews were doing here Acts 15 are y'all staying with me today man I feel like preaching today I'm gonna do it then, okay? Y'all, y'all gave y'all giving me permission, so I'm gonna do it. Watch what the text says. Can we can we walk through here? Right, here? we have here. The first major church dispute because things were going good. The church was exploding. I mean, all throughout Gentile regions and 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 people were being filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And and, and they've had the same experience that the Jews had. And one of the reasons why they knew that they had the same experience as the Jews had, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And I think it's an Act of 10 chapter. Because you know the Jews were a doubt and beat people. They thought they had a patent on God. They thought the Gentiles were a little bit less than they were. All right? Until 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 they showed them said, listen, they, the Holy Ghost fell on us. It's like it. Fell on them just like it did on us. How did they know that? They heard them speaking other tongues, like they did on the day of Pentecost. So they couldn't doubt that they had the same experience. They couldn't doubt that miracles were being worked through the Gentile believers. But then there were still some who said, "Well, you got to be like us. You gonna join us? You got to become one of us." Look at the text. Are y'all there with me? Can we walk? Are y'all ready to walk? My God, my time is rolling. Look at what the text says here. Let's go. While Paul and Barnabas, can y'all read with me? Let's go. While Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch of Syria, some men from Judea arrived and began to teach the believers, unless you are circumcised as required by the law of Moses, you can't be saved. Mm, 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 mm. Can I bring it up in modern day terms? Unless you belong to the ABC church on the hill number five, you can't be saved. Unless you said in the name of Jesus, when we b- baptize you in the water, you can't be saved. Some people say, unless you're speaking of the tongues, you can't be saved. You can't be saved if you wear dress, if you wear pants. You can't be saved with this and this and that. And then we start adding all these things to, to the salvation experience. And that's what was happening. These, these, these Judaizers, these, these, these people who were still holding on, they were Jewish, they were Christians who were. Who came up on Judaism, and they were still holding on to some of the tenets of Judaism as a as a way to, to be right with God. Can we keep reading? The next verse says what? Let's go. It says Paul and Barnabas disagreed with them, arguing what vehemently. Paul and Barnabas knew that what they were saying was not doctrinally correct. And guys, when you when you listen, if if if, if somebody comes and start saying stuff that's not doctrinally correct, you've learned from the scripture text. Don't just back off of that. If they really want to know, then have a discussion with them. The, I am not talking about barbershop and beauty shop talk. Because most people that sit up in the beauty shop and barbershop who's talking, if, if, you, if you know anything about beauty shops and, and, and barbershop, especially in the African American culture, that, that's a place where a lot of pontificators and, 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 and bootleg philosophers live. <laughs> Can I get a witness? How many of y'all have been in the beauty shop and barbershop and heard of all kinds of stuff? You know what I do when I go in there? I just sit there and get my hair cut. They, they be talking about stuff and I know it just, it just, this is wrong with two left shoes. I just keep going. Because I know I know that most of those folks who are talking are not trying to get understanding. So why am I going to sit there and argue with you while I'm getting my hair cut or waiting on a haircut and I know really, not, if you really want to learn, you will come and reason out of the scripture. Okay? All right. So Paul and Barnabas disagree with them, argue vehemently. Finally, the church decided to send Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem accompanied by some local believers. So Paul and Barnabas took some local believers from Antioch, all right, from the Gentile church to talk to the apostles and elders about this question. Keep reading. text says what? Next verse. The church sent the delegates to Jerusalem and they stopped along the way in Phoenicia and Samaria to visit the believers. They told them, much to everyone's joy, that the Gentiles too were being converted. Next verse says what? Let's read. Uh, When they arrived in Jerusalem, Barnabas and Paul were welcomed by the whole church, including the apostles and the elders. They reported everything God had done through them. Next verse says what? Let's read. It says... uh, but then some of the believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees stood up and insisted, the Gentile converts must be circumcised and required to follow the law of Moses. That's what it said. Is that what it said? Now, now uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to fast forward this so I can kind of get through a lot of this. But, but this 15th chapter is very significant because this is the first major dispute, the first major division that, 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 that came about as the church was spreading like wildfires. They were being moved by the Holy Spirit to go into the different Gentile regions and getting people saved. And now we have this, this issue that took place. Now, now, now I got to say something. I'm going to skip ahead just, just for a second and I'm going to come back and, see, and continue to try to unpack this. Go with me. Down to verse number twenty-four. This very same chapter, Acts fifteen, verse number twenty-four. I need to let you know something. These men uh, that came to these to these Gentile regions and told them that, in, in essence, you got to become a Jew before you really get saved. You got to become just like us before you can join us. Hello. These men were associated with the Jerusalem congregation but they were not authorized by it. Look at what the text says here. We understand these are the, the leaders of the, of the church in Jerusalem said we understand that some men from here have troubled you and upset you with their teaching but we didn't send them. Is that what they said? So sometimes you have people going out and saying stuff but they don't have the authority to say what they're saying on behalf of the organization that they claim to represent. And I want to say this, as a member of of the Elizabethan Baptist Church in the town of Benton, Louisiana, each one of you all who are members here are, 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 are in fact, you represent us when you go out into the world at large. I mean, when you go out there, especially if you have something that identifies you, you, me, you may have an EBC t-shirt on or whatever, uh, or, or, or a polo shirt, or or you just tell people when you go to church, then in essence, when you start living life and doing life with people, you, you you in effect represent the church in a way, right? Because if you are ugly and nasty to somebody, and then they find out that you come to this church, and maybe the Spirit of God had, had them to turn to the radio station, hear us preaching the word of God. And they like what they heard, but they, they're in relationship with you at work. And they see how you act at work. They see how you're mean, ornery, lazy, uh, or just downright, just not a good person. And then you tell them, come go to church with me. So you have a responsibility To not only represent Christ well, well, because if you're saved, you are an ambassador for Christ, but you should also represent this church well. Amen. Amen. Are y'all still with me? So so these men who were telling them this were not the official uh, 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 representatives. They were not sent by the church leaders in Jerusalem. But some of the stuff that they were saying was probably indicative of how some people felt. Are y'all with me? Because sometimes we, we understand that Peter would, Peter would speak up boldly and loudly, wouldn't he? And Peter would say stuff, and we, we always talk about Peter being a loud mouth and he always saying stuff. But a lot of times Peter was saying what the other folks were thinking. And sometimes some of y'all are saying what others are thinking. Hello, are you with me? And so what we got to do is to make sure that we as a born, born again body believers, we got to make sure that we stay biblically sound in our approach to ministry, including this area of dealing with different ethnicities coming together in the one body, including the, air, the area of, of racial injustice and racism, the sin of racism that permeates throughout this country. The church needs to show the world how to do it right. Can we back up again? Let's go back to verse number uh, uh, four. This is where I want to go to. Are you still tracking with him? So the first thing we have, we have, we have a dispute. We talk about this the dispute that takes place. It all started when some legalistic Jewish teachers came to Antioch and taught that in order for Gentiles to be saved, they had to be circumcised and obeyed the law of Moses. Again, these men did not come under the authority of the Church of Jerusalem, but they, they, they were a part of that church, and they came trying to convince others that you got to be like us before so you can join us. And I, I'm going to say this, and this happens sometimes. Can I can I be can I be honest with you? I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. In in our in in uh, in a lot of uh, our white evangelical churches that are majority uh, uh, Caucasian. Uh, a lot of churches don't necessarily mind people coming and join as long as you don't try to influence how they do ministry. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of predominantly African American churches don't mind if if you come join as long as you don't influence how they do ministry. If you're going to come and join us, you got to be like us. And what I would say, if you're going to join us, let's be like Christ. If we all be like Christ then we got to mind the Christ, Philippians 2 and 5 says let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. If you got the mind of Christ and I got the mind of Christ we will get along. The problem is some people in this church and in other churches don't have the mind of Christ. So as a result we got problems. So the dispute that took place. Watch this guys. They were saying in in essence You got to become a Jewish proselyte. You got you got to you got to take on and and do the tenets of Judaism that we grew up with, things we were accustomed to. All right. So that was the dispute. And and there were three three groups. This is not on your notes, but just kind of jot this down. I I ran across this this morning. I want to share it with you. Um, You got you got three groups that that were represented here or speaking uh, at this church conference Uh, were the ones who were addressing the problem. You had the Judaizers, there were some some Jewish Christians who were still holding on to the tenets of of, of the Mosaic law and those other things they grew up on. How many of y'all know tradition is a strong thing? Tradition is so strong that in your life, it can make the word of God ineffective. Don't tell me history and tradition don't matter because it does. In other words, it can tie you to a way of doing things because you've just been accustomed to doing things that way and it don't even feel right if it's not done that way. Huh? That's what happens in our churches. God is trying to change us to be relevant and effective in reaching a lost and dying generation and we're still hanging (laughs) on to tradition. We don't do it that way here. We're not used to that. We like it this way. So now, so so now, it's not about what God wants for His church. It's about what you want for your church. All right. All right now. <laughs> I tell y'all before, um, I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm, I'm going to admit this. Can I can I admit something to y'all publicly? Can I? Y'all say depends on what it is, Pastor. You may not want to say that, Pastor. I, I'm one who I consider myself, and maybe you may consider me different, but, but I'm one who, who I don't just jump and move at the first thing that comes along. Y'all with me? I like to evaluate it. I like to pray about it. I like to get it settled in my spirit. Um, let's just say something simple as this, okay? Now, this, some of, my, uh, some of my team has been talking to me about, okay, blacking out the back of the stage, uh, getting the LED wall uh, so that everybody can see. Can y'all read those words a <laughs> bit? <laughs> everybody can see. All right? And, and I, I, uh, I heard them, but I was like, well, you know, I don't know. We, this, this is the way we've always been. What's wrong with what we got now? How many of y'all have been that way? What's wrong with what we got now? Ain't nothing wrong with this. Remember y'all, had, we had the pony walls up here? All right. And then when they praise dance, or, y'all remember when we had the flags? Waving the flags. And then we had, the, the way they would do that would be down here. You sat in the front row, it was danger. Do y'all remember we had to clear folks out? Because when the flag wavers came, if you're not careful, they'd be, whoosh, take your head off. <laughs> so, so someone had a thought and an idea, said, "Let's why don't we make the stage area expanded and clear it out so that, so that when people are, if it's a praise dance or the praise team or whatever, or somebody's up speaking, then you'll be able to see them. We've raised that one level, cleared it out, so that when we have that, everybody can see it. It's not down here. you got to look around the head, that type of thing. Okay? But, but still, me, I'm like, well, this is the way, What's wrong with what we got now? I mean, it's always been this way. What's wrong with it? You remember we had them flowers up here? One of my, one of my it was Kieran who told me this. She said, Pastor, flowers, you got those flowers up there. I said, We got a lot of flowers around here. <laughs> See, we said, You may want to just kind of move those flowers and let's modernize the, uh, 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 the place a little bit. Because I mean, of y'all know you can, you can become dated. And I'm, I'm just, this is just talking about moving from one place to the next. I'm saying that they were talking to me about this for, for I, I, it has to be well over a year. And, uh, and I had to get settled in my spirit because sometimes I move a little slow. But when, when it's time to move, I, we ain't, I ain't waiting on nobody. Let's go. Let's move. And when, we, when it was time to move, it just went just like that. But I had to get settled in my spirit. Now, sometimes it's good and sometimes it can be bad. Because if if God is saying move now, this is this, this is something as simple as just a redesigning of the stage so that we can ha- make it more feasible for us to be able to communicate with you. It's all about communicating the gospel. Amen. Are you with me? Y'all to want to have a good sound system sort of to work and get out there and it not be scraggly. Or if you're going to live stream your worship service, do it with a spirit of excellence and try to do it to the best of your ability. Don't just close something together, get an a iPhone and stick it up there. And if that's all you got, that's all you got. But if you can do better, do better. Because, guys, hear me, hear me carefully. When you're live streaming, people are less forgiving. They will come on to your on to your, on to your site and they see it, it's jacked up, and they just click off. Since you drove up here, some of y'all from Shreveport, Bozier, Minden, and otherwise, it's not as easy just to get up and leave like you used to do in the old church. <laughs> Since you came, you'll stay, but you won't come back. Can I talk to you? This stage and this screen... It's not going to get somebody saved, but guess what? It, you know, having, having the ability to communicate with people in, a, in an effective way can help reach, get your message out to them. And that's all it's about is messaging the gospel in a way that people can grasp and understand it. Because the way you grew up is not the way people are growing up now. So stop talking about the way when I came up, we had no app. We just fan in the church. Baby, let me tell you something. I don't care how you came up. We're going to fix these acronyms and you when they go out. And we ain't going to be up here fanning. And we said it we like it's so nostalgic. It was hot up in there. I've been to hot churches. I've had air and I had hot. Hot's better. No, it ain't. Air's better. Okay. Slip in my soapbox in my rant. But when it's time to move, it move because I recognize that this generation who we're trying to reach with the gospel, they move differently than us fifty five and olders. So if they move differently, you're trying to reach them, you can't keep moving like you did in nineteen seventy five and reach the generation that's moving differently. Otherwise, we'll find ourselves sitting here 20 years from now, all of us 75 and older. Trying to figure out how we're going to keep the grounds up. Okay? All right. So everybody said, let's keep moving. So when they they arrived in Jerusalem, Barnabas and Paul were welcomed by the whole church, including the apostles and elders. They reported everything God had done through them. Let's keep reading. text says what? Uh, but then some of the believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees stood up and insisted the Gentile converts must be circumcised and required to follow the law of the most. So the first group was the Judaizers. And, and, and their position was this. Gentiles must become Jewish first to be eligible for salvation. That was their position. Gentiles must become Jewish first to be eligible for salvation. They were devout practicing Jews who found it difficult To set aside a tradition of gaining merit with God by keeping the law, they thought that by their much doing, by their tithing, and by their uh, doing just you know observing certain holy days and observing certain dietary restrictions, that's how they won favor with God. That's how they got in right standing with God. They 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 thought grace was too easy for the Gentiles. See we, we. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But somewhere in the back of our nose, a man in his prideful self, he feels like he has to earn salvation. So we come up with these different lists of things that people got to do in order to be saved. They thought grace was too easy for the Gentiles. They were afraid of seeming too non-Jewish in the practice of their new faith which could in some cases lead to death. We got new Christians, Jewish Christians who came out of Judaism, who were still trying to hang on to some of that stuff, dietary restrictions certain holy days, because if they didn't do that, then some of their family members would even turn against them. Are y'all listening to me today? And some of your family members have, may, maybe have turned against you because you come to a church that does things different than what they do. Or you come to a church that's, that's predominantly African-American and you sit up here all caucasian looking. <laughs> can I talk to you that way in, in, in the spirit of love? And you've had questions about why you're going to that church. Aren't there other churches in North Bosia Parish that you could go to that you can go and commune with people who look like us or you? then what you say is like you've always been saying, the Holy Spirit led me here. So are you suggesting that I not follow the Holy Spirit just so I can be uh, among people who are ethnically the same as I am? Is that what you're suggesting? Are you really honestly going to tell me to ignore what the Holy Spirit is saying and do what makes you comfortable? Is that what you're telling me? And that's exactly what some folks are telling you. You gotta decide: Is God's word and His plan for my life and His church what I want, or am I going to embrace what my family and others think? The demands on the Gentiles were way. Also, uh, again, again, these these people, were, were, you know, who these Judaizers were still, you know, in, in, in a place where had they embraced this too much, they would have they would have uh, faced persecution from their own family members. Are y'all with me? And so, so, so they were afraid of seeming too non Jewish in the practice of their new faith, which would, could lead to death. Uh, and fourthly, the demands on the Gentiles were a way, the demands on the Gentiles were a way of maintaining control and authority in the movement. They wanted to control them. Okay? So th- those were the Judaizers. The other group was the Gentile Christians. Uh, and their position was faith in Christ as Savior is the only requirement for salvation. And, 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 and what, what, what were their reason behind that? Well, to submit to Jewish demands would be to doubt what God had already done for them by grace alone. If I got not, if I'm saved by grace, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast. I think Ephesians 2 and 8, check me out and see if I'm right about that. That's from the KJV. So if I'm saved by grace alone, then how is it that circumcision is going to make me saved? If I'm saved by grace alone, either I'm saved by grace, the, the saving work of Christ on the cross and, and, and receiving that as is is, is, is the way to salvation and that's will get me in right standing with God. Either it's that or it's works. Because see, here, here's the funny thing about work. If, if I'm saved by works, then I can be unsaved by not doing works because it's dependent upon me. That's why some people can't wrap their mind around the fact that when Christ saves you, he can keep you. Because if, if, if I'm saved by how good I do, which one of those sins kick me out of salvation? Tell me which one. So when I get to 400 and, 499,999, I, I won't try to sin no more because the 500,000 sin will kick me out of heaven. But I thank God that I'm not saved by how good I am. I'm saved by good he is, how good he is. He went to the cross of Calvary, died for my sins, amen, resurrected the, the third day morning with all power with heaven up his hand. And when I receive that, God places me in right standing with me. But again, doesn't mean I can live any kind of way. They, The Gentile Christians, they resisted exchanging their pagan rituals for a system of Jewish rituals, neither of which had the power to save them. Now, these Gentiles were doing some, some foul stuff. Are y'all listening to me? These Gentiles were doing some foul stuff. They were engaging in some sexual orgies as a way of some of the stuff that came out of. And some of them still brought some of that old into the new life. How many of y'all brought some old stuff into your new life? How many of y'all born again believers? Come on out. Talk to me, look at me. How many of you brought some old stuff from the old way of living into the new life? In other words, you have some residue. Uh, let me put you at ease. All of us got some residue from that old Huh? How, many of y'all, how many of y'all, okay, uh, uh, can, I, can I make it plain to you? And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but just kind of wink your eye at me. How many of y'all used to smoke marijuana? And some of you may still do. I hope you're not. I don't care if it's legal. In 55 states, anything that's going to that's affect my way of thinking and my mind, mindset, I don't need it in my body. All right, but see, if you came out of a party where weed was being smoked, even though you didn't have weed on you, there was a residue. There was a scent on you. Hello? And, 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 and many of us uh, came out of our, our way of living life before we got saved. And, and now that we in, in Christ Jesus, there's still some residue on us, some stuff on us that we, our flesh still like. Hello? they sung that song, a wonderful change has come over me. Spiritually speaking, once we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are changed. We are a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. What it's talking about is we have a new spirit man. We still live in this fleshly body that has its proclivities and its likes that may not line up with God's word. These Gentile believers that came out of sexual orgies, they came out of in, uh, in, in religion that pagan religions that Call for them to 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 sacrifice their own children on the altar. They had some foul stuff going on. And and and, and, and 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 what the Jews were trying to do is say, okay, you come on and start doing this stuff, so you can so that they can release you from, from doing that stuff that you that you were involved in previously. But but guys, they, they 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 resisted exchanging their pagan rituals, uh, for a system of Jewish rituals, which neither one of those, the Jews stuff or the Gentile stuff, couldn't get them saved. And they sought to obey Christ. By baptism rather than by circumcision as a sign of their new faith. Now you can get baptized and not be saved. Y'all know that, right? It's go deeper than that. But you had Peter. The next group you had Peter and John, and what they told them was faith is the only requirement, but there must be evidence of change by rejecting the old lifestyle. So what are you saying, Pastor? What I'm saying is, if there's true a true conversion experience, you, you you can't sit around and live the way you always live. Well, I know I'm saved. But you're still doing the same stuff. You're acting and responding the same way you did 15 years ago. There should be a change in all of our lives as we grow. Like I said, when you learn and study how to have emotionally healthy spirituality and emotionally healthy relationship, then now when you deal with people in conflict, you shouldn't run from it. You should practice what we what we've been teaching. And here in in this in this first dispute, we see a situation coming to pass where they said, let's deal with this problem because most people don't like conflict. So as a result, we're rather not address something than to have conflict by addressing something. Even though that thing that that needs to be addressed is bothering us. We won't say anything. And then what happens is we, we end up uh, sitting there and get bitter about it because we went through the class but we're not practicing anything that we learn in the class as we studied the word of God on how to have emotionally healthy relationships. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking to I'm talking to you EBC folks. Because listen, I'm gonna say it this way, like like your mommy said, I'm tired of teaching this stuff, if you ain't doing it. <laughs> I, I know that's not everybody's story, but 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 it's it's too many, it's too many for me to not keep preaching it. So I'm gonna keep preaching. So if you're doing it. Just keep, keep, look straight ahead and say, hey, preach it, preach Say, preach it, I it. Oh, so some of y'all ain't doing it. Not enough of y'all are doing this stuff. So when conflict arises, as Christians, we should be able to handle it in a, a God honoring way because we've learned how to do that. Jesus told us if there's an all between you and your brother, you go to them, what, one on one. Why are you blasting everybody on, on, on Facebook and Twitter? Why are you venting out there on social media as a believer? When Jesus specifically told you and I to go to him one on one. But you're going to him and blessing to all your Facebook followers. I didn't call no name, but it, it, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure out who you're talking about. I'm telling you, this, that's, that's a sign of immaturity. So we got to learn how to handle things biblically. All right, so 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 we see the dispute that took place. Uh, Peter and James said that faith is the only requirement, but there must be evidence of change by rejecting the old lifestyle. They tried to they tried to distinguish between what was true from God's word versus what was just human tradition. Because some stuff we do, we think is Bible, but it's just tradition. They had Christ's command to preach to all the world. They wanted to preserve unity. They saw that Christianity could never survive as just a, a sect of, within Judaism. It had to be what God had designed for his church. Let's get back to the text. Look at the next verse, verse 6. So we see the dispute that took place. And again, remind you, the folks who came and tried to convince them were really not sent by the church, but they still caused disruption because they were teaching this stuff. So the apostles and the elders met together to resolve the issue. They resolved the issue. And, and guys, what we're going to have to do is, because I'm out of time, I'm about to stop. So so we, we're going we're gonna to take up the defense on next week in this church conference, this first major dispute, because we need to make sure that we understand what was happening, because as the church is moving to manifest the mystery that that God from the foundation of the world had already desired for it to be, they ran into some problems. And let me say this, if you're moving with the Lord, if you're moving and having impact, get ready. The enemy is going to come and try to mess up your flow. I'm not so naive to think that the enemy is not going to try to disrupt some flow in this church because we're teaching people, Christians, how to love each other regardless of ethnicity. We're teaching people and, and God's word has always been there. But let's let's see how we can as a church show God's revealed plan for his church and use that to impact society. Because all of us outside of this church environment have people who we interact with, whether it's at work or whether it's family members or whether it's our neighbors down the street. And we have the ability to impact them with the gospel message that we are receiving. Let's take this word and start having impact. Stop keeping to yourself and let's start talking about what God is teaching us. Now, when you do that, some people are going to run from you. So I'm going to accuse you of being woke. Some are going to accuse you of all kinds of stuff, but just say, "Hey, I'm just, I'm just, let's, let, let's, okay, okay, let's, can we, can we just go to the Word of God and see what the Word of God says?" Tell Christians that if they're willing to reason out of Scripture, then now you, we'll learn this so we can show them, Amen, what God's plan is for His church. So we're going to pick up on next week, guys, and look at the defense, because. They had at least four different meetings were involved in this conference, and the last of which one was a public discuss- discussion that was described in Acts 15 and 16. and we're going we're gonna to pick up there on next week.